When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again, and welcome to the Roads with Bo. Today, we are going to be uh, going over the roads to disaster preparedness, I guess, because after the tornadoes here, I had a whole bunch of questions that came in about how to deal with tornadoes. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the major types of disasters that we see often in the United States and just cover the bare minimum of what you need to know about each type. And uh, just kind of kind of run through the basics so people have a better idea of what to do. Um, mainly because I think a lot of people were surprised that tornadoes happened in Florida. Tornadoes can happen literally anywhere. Even if you've never had a tornado in your area, it can occur there. Okay, so starting with tornadoes. First thing to know is that a watch is they're looking for a tornado. A warning means they've seen one, either visual confirmation or uh, instrumentation has picked one up. Okay. There seems to be some confusion about that. Um, a watch, you're looking for one. A warning, one has been seen. So, warning is worse than a watch. Okay, so as soon as a watch happens, you, you need to start figuring out where you're going to go. Now, if you're at home, hopefully you already have your plan in place. But if you're out and about, you have to figure out where... You might go, if it switches from warning to watch, or from watch to warning, like, immediately. So, what you're looking for, ideally, is a basement, a cellar, a shelter, or like a panic room. Now, if you live in a place such as Florida, where basements aren't really a thing, you, you kind of have to do the best you can. So what you're looking for then is a sturdy building and you are wanting the an interior room that is small with no windows on the first floor. Um, and you want to get in there, get low, put your, you know, arms and hands to protect your head and neck, just like you learned in school. Um, and wait and just wait it out um, there is there is debate about brick and wood and all of that from the studies that I've looked at that there comes a point where it literally doesn't matter anymore the key part is interior room a small interior room um, with no windows and no exterior doors obviously okay uh, if you are caught outside, and this surprised me, I saw this when I went and looked something up, 
because this is the exact opposite of what I was taught when I was younger. But according to all the government websites now, if you are outside, you don't get under an underpass. You know, you don't get up in that little corner um, or a bridge or anything like that, which is what I was taught when I was younger. But apparently, I guess they have determined now that you are safer in like a low, flat location somewhere, not under the bridge. Because that was like on all of the, the websites for some reason now. Um, the other thing to remember is that it's not that the wind is blowing. It is what the wind is blowing. Um, and, you know, tornadoes can happen anywhere, any time of year. Um, you know, some areas, they're obviously more common. And at certain times of the year, they're more common. But the weather conditions that cause them, they can occur at any time. Okay, moving on to hurricanes. Step one, leave. <laughs> Evacuate. Get out, okay? Um, get your plan together and get out. And I say this as somebody who sheltered in place through like one of the worst hurricanes in history. Don't do that. <laughs> leave. Um, if for whatever reason you can't, when it comes to flooding and the surge and all of that stuff, you want high ground. When it comes to the wind, you want the same thing that you're looking for for a tornado, which is first floor interior room. So there's a conflict there. Um, and you, you have to weigh what is the bigger risk. Um, now, one thing that I want to point out is that from my experience with hurricanes, and I have a lot, most people are hurt after the storm. It, it's not during the storm that most people are hurt. They're hurt afterward. Do not walk, swim, play, surf, drive through floodwaters. Even if you've seen some idiot on YouTube, do it. Don't do it yourself. Um... It's important to remember that, first, floodwaters are dirty. They are nasty. Um, it's not just ocean water. It, it has picked up a lot of stuff along the way to include sewage. There's the risk of all kinds of bacteria, some of which can turn into real problems. Um, then you can't actually see what's below you. So there, you have the debris issue and getting cut and getting hurt that way. There might be live wires. There's all kinds of issues. Um, so that's dangerous. But most people that I have seen that have gotten hurt did so with a chainsaw. After a, a storm, people go out and they buy chainsaws and they try to do a lot of work themselves. If you do not know how to use a chainsaw, after a hurricane is not the time to figure it out. Um... Medical infrastructure is already strained, and it's going to take a while for them to get to you. And it isn't. It isn't even um, people cutting themselves most times. It's after a storm. A lot of the stuff that needs to be cut and cleared away, it's twisted together. It's under tension, 
And when you cut into it and you release that tension from one side, it's going somewhere. And when that tree starts to move and that little six-inch nub that used to be a branch on the tree hits you in the gut or the chest, you better hope that somebody can get you to to functioning medical infrastructure. Um, most people I know were hurt cutting something and it, they weren't actually injured most times by the blade, um, by the chain. And just to prove a point, I have cut down hundreds of trees, probably 50 under tension. And after Michael, there was one in my yard and it was two trees twisted together. And I looked at it and looked at it and I couldn't figure out how to cut it without sending one tree into the shop or sending the other tree into the dining room window and my wife said I couldn't do that. The only way I could figure out to drop them both in, in a place that didn't cause damage was incredibly dangerous. So of course I walked out there with my chainsaw, sat it down and called somebody who knew more than I did. Um, and he came over and within, I don't know, 10 minutes dropped them both right on top of each other and did it safely. So just be aware that that is incredibly dangerous. The other way that people get hurt after hurricanes, and it is always sad, like just heart-wrenching, your generator goes outdoors. Your generator goes outside. Do not run your generator in your house, period. Um, the, the emissions from it, they have caused a number of very bad things to happen. Um, okay, so earthquakes. The big advice is to prep your home ahead of time because during a quake, you want to get under some kind of furniture that is sturdy. Now, I saw some studies that kind of indicated that once a quake started, you just needed to drop to the ground. And if you couldn't like immediately get to a sturdy piece of furniture to hide under or something like that, it, it kind of it kind of suggested that you just drop. Um, it, it seemed like your risk of injury might be greater while trying to move. Um, and you need to be aware of furniture that can tip and fall or fixtures that can fall on you, stuff like that. The, uh, the other thing, and this is true of most natural disasters, but it's incredibly important when it comes to large earthquakes. Know how to turn off your gas, your water, your electric. Um, okay, floods. Obviously, same advice as above. Don't drive, swim, play, drink, walk, anything. You don't know how deep it is. You don't know how fast it's moving. You don't know what's in it. Um... You want to get to high ground. If you have to go into an attic for any reason, make sure you take something to make a hole to get out. Do not give first responders nightmares for the rest of their lives. Okay, Make sure you find a way to get out. And if it was me, 
if the situation was at the point where I had to go into the attic, I would make the hole before it was even necessary. Because at that point, you know you're going to have to do repairs, just add it to the list. You don't want to be trapped in an attic with rising water. Um, blizzards. This was a big one. This was one that I actually got a whole bunch of messages about um, after what happened in Texas. So the power goes out, the temperature drops, and people are trying to keep warm. Take a table, dining room table, move it into a, a bedroom, a smaller room, and then turn it into a pillow fort. Blankets, everything. Okay, And that's where people hang out at, is under that. It helps trap the body heat. You put it in a smaller room, you keep that door closed. You're, you're creating layers of, layers of insulation between you and the outside. Um, and you, you focus on keeping that one area warm, you know, through body heat, candles, safely, obviously. Um, what, whatever you have, you focus it in that one area. Don't try to, don't try to use the whole house. Just a very small area. It's easier to keep a small area warm. Um, okay, and I'll go ahead and say the line since we're talking about it. You need a disaster preparedness kit. You need an emergency kit. Food, water, fire, shelter, first aid kit, which includes your meds, and a knife. So... There's a, I've done a video on this like a dozen times, but just a quick recap. You need food, meaning something that doesn't require a lot to be prepared or it's all self-contained. Um, water, and that could mean bottled water. It could mean the ability to treat water. It could be purifiers, whatever. Um, fire, fire includes flashlights and obviously a lighter in case you need to start a fire. Shelter can be anything from a full-blown tent to one of those little mylar, you know, bivy things. Um, a first aid kit is something I don't... I don't think you should, uh, like, skimp on. That, that, that would be the one where you really put the money... Because if you need it, <laughs> you're going to want to make sure you have everything that you need. Um, people have asked about that. You can go online and look up IFAK, I-F-A-K, and get a good idea of what needs to be in one. But keep in mind, you also have to know how to use it. Make sure that you have your meds. Any meds that you absolutely need, make sure that you have a, you know, a week or two supply. And then you need a knife. Why? Because you always need a knife. It's just, just trust me on that one. Uh, one of the things that came up was people talking about what if you couldn't, I guess they were looking for that cup that I had in the other video. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't find it. And they asked about using bleach. The answer to that is yes. Um, I'm going to put a link down below that takes you through it um, because it's not it isn't just bleach it's got to be a certain kind of bleach and it also has the charts you know how many quarts to how many drops 
you know, and, and you need to see that for yourself. Um, and then one of the most important things, make sure you've got a family communication and evacuation plan and you have copies of all of your documents and everything like that, even if it's just on a, a thumb drive. Um, and that's just a, a real quick overview. This is something that if you want to help, you have to realize that the first rule of rescue is to not create another victim. You need to be able to take care of yourself and be self-reliant, and then you can move on to help. Um, now, as far as, you know, normally there's questions at the end of this. The only uh, one that came in enough, I think, to really mention, people asked about, okay, well, my group wants to help, but we don't know anybody in this area. Talk to the volunteer firefighters in that area. <laughs> that's who you talk to. <laughs> um, and it's no, that's not a slight against like the paid firefighters. <laughs> but generally speaking, from my experience, the volunteer firefighters are better plugged into the community. And they obviously understand people showing up to help. Um, so... If you're, if you have a community network or you have a, an aid group that wants to do relief, and you don't really know where to go, that's a place to start because it, they will always be able to direct you somewhere, um, and from that point you may find out about other stuff that you can do. So that would that would be my first stop. And uh, that looks like it. So there's a little bit more information, a little bit more context, and having the right information will make all the difference. Y'all have a good day.